Infections are infectious Like a dog scratched ear The pleasure is high Welcome to the Box Tunnel Survivors Group, a place for those affected by the issues raised in the TV show, Being Human. It is time to get your nom on. Yes, your nom. It's Thursday, and you know what that means? It means a sporadic extra stroke bonus episode that isn't really an extra stroke bonus episode. First up, it seemed right that my first guest interview is with Narin Baha. Narin concocted the petition way back in 2008 and helped save the show. Occasionally over the years of my Being Human fandom, I've wondered about what she made of the show post-pilot. I had so much I wanted to know and thankfully I got the chance to ask. It was a really fun conversation which lasted well over an hour because we went on so many tangents, uh, TV based, geek based. Here is the bulk of the Being Human stuff. Nareen is lovely and completely exceeded my expectations and just a quick heads up, we were on video chat and I think the heat wave might have been affecting our fibre optics as much as our brains. So there is a slight bit of lagging, listen beyond that and I hope you really enjoy. First up, do you identify as a werewolf, a ghost, or a vampire? Werewolf, definitely. Okay, why is that? Just personality-wise, I think there is that. <laughs> I'm also half Turkish, so oh, you know, really? my eyebrows are quite a fearsome thing. So, you know, <laughs> there's that element of it too. Um, and I can get very angry once a month, so I think that's fair enough. Yeah, that's fair enough. I guess the first thing I really want to say to you is thank you. Going back to 2008 and imagining a world, you know, the banking system was going mad. Use your setting up a petition to save being human. Did you watch Being Human live as it first came out? No, I didn't. I, um, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this. I obviously don't do this anymore now, but back in the day, I used to download a lot of TV. Yeah. Um, and... I had a lot of friends who did the same who used to kind of be like oh I found this show that's quite interesting and, and I would download it and, and catch up with it at various points and a couple of my friends mentioned Being Human and said oh I, I think there's something this and I downloaded it and watched it and absolutely fell in love with it from pretty much the get go really um, and it was just one of those things where over a period of a week or so all, all my friends who I spoke to on various message boards because again you know, very similar to you. I'm very much a kind of internet-y person. So, yeah. you know, lots of web communities and um, message board forums and stuff like that and Twitter and things. And basically, everyone I spoke to was like, oh, you know, have you seen this thing? You should see this thing. And in the end, I watched it and didn't really know what to expect. Absolutely fell in love with it. Basically, at the point where, it sounds a bit daft to say this, the, the quip about, like, full puffs and their users and glue, like, I cannot even begin to tell you why <laughs> that really chimed with me, but I just loved how British it was and how kind of normal it was while at the same time being so extraordinary. Um, and I just fell in love with it, really, even then. Um, and everything kind of came off the back of that, really. So what was it that made you 
do you know what happens? It's it's one of those little bit kind of sheepish and a bit embarrassed when anyone says anything about um, how the petition was such a big deal. And Toby Whithouse has been very lovely in various interviews that he's done, and it, it is all lovely, but I am firmly of the belief that being human was just genius from the beginning. Mm. Um, and the thing that's kind of a bit funny about it, about at the time, working for a newspaper group doing various kind of web editorial things, and we have been sent an online petition where to try. And I was told, you know, try this online petition software, see what you think of it, you know, is this the one we're going to go for, will we go for another? And I was literally just sat thinking, oh, I need to put up an online petition to, to kind of test the functionality of this, this kit. And I couldn't think of anything to post about, and I was sort of thinking, oh, yeah, there's always something in local newspapers that you could set up a petition yeah. about, you know, the, the ring road or, you know, does this school need a zebra crossing outside of And I just couldn't think of anything that particularly interested me or made sense. And because we didn't know if the software worked, you didn't want to use it for anything like for real work in case we didn't use it. So I just set up because I couldn't stop thinking about being human and I've been talking <laughs> to my friends about it for a couple of weeks. And... I just set up a petition that was like, I think being human should have new, uh, a full series and forwarded it to a few friends on one of the message boards I was on and then basically fell over as it became momentum over the weeks that followed. But it was complete blind luck, really. Like, I have no like, kind of working in the kind of sphere that I worked and being a bit of a nerd. Like, it, it wasn't like I had a big social media following no. or any kind of insight in how to make it happen it was just blind luck that i decided i'd do it and obviously what it proved is what everyone who really saw that pilot or saw being human kind of got out of it which was that it was lovely and everyone wanted to see more of that world so the response really surprised you really because it, yeah. you, it was you were just testing and putting out the feelers out really yeah well i mean i was just testing the end of the yeah, day. Yeah. i was outraged in a kind of you know, in a nerdy way, I was like, I can't believe that this hasn't got, like, commissioned to a full series. Um, but at the end of the day, I set up the petition and sent it to a few friends just in a, like, oh, I'm trying this thing, like, sign my petition. And then I think what happened was I came into work on the Monday and realised that we'd got something like 1,200 signatures over the weekend. And I was just a bit like, oh, like, this is surprising and unexpected and awesome. And then it kind of just snowballed a bit from there, really. Well, that's the it's thing. Yeah, for small, relatively small channel like BBC Free, for all of that momentum to, to be gained, obviously, because I think it was only ever on once or twice on BBC Free and maybe on iPlayer, I assume. Yeah. But nowadays, petitions are commonplace. If, if a TV show gets cancelled now... There's so much noise. The first reaction is for fans to put it online, and there's probably more than one for each show. And there's so much noise. Come on, Netflix, pick this up. Come on, Amazon, pick this up. It just becomes, it blurs into the background. And I think because Being Human was part of some pilots, and because there was, it was down to a choice of shows between which got commissioned, that, that's a, and the fact that it was so good in the pilot, it gathered some momentum. Whereas now, petitions, they don't really... I think Brooklyn Nine-Nine, I think, is the only one I can really think of in recent time. How many did it get in the end? I think, I, I mean, I don't know what it is like now. I don't even know if it exists anywhere anymore. But I think it was around 7,000. 
by the end. Wow. Um, See, I... It sounds dark, though, doesn't it? Because it's not that many, but I think you're right. I think we, we kind of forget sometimes how the world has changed in terms of how we consume TV. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, back in the day, if, if it hadn't been picked up by the BBC, I, I don't think, certainly as a kind of person looking outside into the TV-making process... It didn't feel like it would be the kind of thing where you could take your ball and, and go, right, you know, well, now Netflix is going to make it or I'll take it to Channel 4 or, like, whereas you're right, nowadays it is just, if there is something good out there that doesn't get picked up, you think of something like Cobra Kai, like, you know, yeah, YouTube doesn't want to make Cobra Kai anymore, fine, Netflix will have it and they'll make two more seasons and, and they'll throw money at it and it'll go really well. There wasn't really that kind of perception of TV then in no. that way, was there? It was It was very different, I think. No, very old. No, it was. I guess it was more old-fashioned. You get commissioned or you don't get commissioned, and you basically have BBC, ITV, Channel Four. Because since the TV revolution, it's there's so much. I don't think nowadays, if say Being Human was a Netflix show or an Amazon show, and it had been cancelled after one season or two seasons, there would have been petitions. But because there's so much competition, it probably wouldn't have been revived. It's hard, isn't it? I think, I definitely think there's been kind of a, almost an evolution in, in how kind of shows that are cancelled cope. Because not long after being human, I remember vividly, I, I don't think you've ever watched Chuck, but there was a point where Chuck got cancelled. Yeah. And then basically all of the fans from Chuck went out and bought Subway's sandwiches because <laughs> they were um, sponsored by Subway so they kind of wanted to do something tangible to, to kind of encourage and I think they got like an extra half a season to wrap it all up out of that um, so people have done lots more creative things than petitions um, definitely but I think it's it was just very much of its time wasn't it, it was, um, but like I said it, it, it was such a lovely show and I think everyone who saw it knew it was something special Hmm. Even if it wasn't necessarily their cup of tea. I mean, I remember vividly talking to all my kind of geeky friends and being like, oh, you should totally watch this show. Like, it's really, really cool. And even the ones who were like, yeah, it's just not my kind of thing. No one was like, well, this is terrible. You know, this sucks. It was just like, oh, you know, yeah, it's not my cup of tea. Yeah. Whereas I think everyone could see the, the kernel of something really epic from it from very early on. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what we just talked about in the pilot. It's... It's so full of promise. There, there's a naivety, naivety about it compared to what the show became. But it's so full of promise in terms of the writing. You felt it was so good, it had to be commissioned. Because the writing was so strong. It felt so fresh as well, didn't it? Like, I think for me, that was the thing. It felt, it felt very different to all of the other kind of geek shows that I had been watching at that point. Um, and I think now... TV shows are a lot more knowing and a lot more meta and there's a lot more, you know, people make pop culture references to other things that people might like in their show to show that they are kind of ingrained in the real world. But for me, that was a very striking thing about being human was, you know, they were talking about the real hustle. They were making Hogwarts jokes. There were a lot more references that were like, yeah. these are my, you know, these are my people. This is my people like me and my friends. And at the time, that felt really fresh and very different. Yeah, it was pop, pop culture references, wasn't it? But I guess nowadays, I think certainly since shows like Sherlock, it's very conscious that they want to become GIFs mm. or, or clips online or or something like that, whereas this was quite natural. And I think 
because the conversation is quite natural when they drop in a pop culture reference it's just the day-to-day british thing yeah in a weird way what we would have lost out on of course you're going into alternative universe territories here if being human hadn't been picked up think of all the talent they've all got talent they would have gone on to different things and different pathways but to me it just seems mad that the show that it became might not have existed yeah it is lovely as well like there are so many good people both kind of in front of the camera and behind the camera who you kind of see pop up in other things yeah the one for me that always does it is jason watkin when i see him pop up in anything it always makes me really happy because i really loved the change in um the change in the pilot (laughs) it's that thing i liked the vampires in the original but i really like the kind of the mundane element of like being human life and and the whole yeah. the whole idea that supernatural hides in plain sight and Jason Watkin just being like completely chilling through mm. it so when he pops up in anything it always makes me really happy because I'm just like yeah he is brilliant and I love that everyone knows how brilliant he is me too is I think I first saw Jason Watkins in confetti yeah and everything he does he's totally different exactly. he's such a versatile actor it's insane and, and that's that touches on what I'm about to say because he is brilliant in confetti. He's he's so funny in camp and what. And it wasn't until I think my second, maybe or third rewatch of series one, and I suddenly twigged. So I thought, that's that guy from confetti. I had no, I couldn't. It took me ages to get that connection. And every time he's in something, he's either like ridiculously camp or you know dark or weird and he, he's got that such vers- versatility it's so good yeah no it's it's that thing i love adrian lester in lots of things and his performance in the pilot was great but for me i think the we talk about parallel universes you know if they had been commissioned straight into a series from that pilot there are lots of kind of tonal shifts that we wouldn't necessarily have got through the series mm. and that's one of the big ones for me and i'm kind of okay with that like you know I think the world needed Jason Watkins in this. So do you think Being Human might have been made anyway? Whether it, whether it was a delayed a year? It's a funny one, isn't it? Because you do feel like... You've got to feel for all of the people that were pilots in for that pilot season. Because, you know, at, at this point, it's almost like a really awful reality TV thing. Like you, you kind of want it to be that it was some kind of shtick just to kind of get some interest. And that, you know, if... There was never a point where they were only going to do one. If if they kind of thought that they could have made two or more work, they would have done it. Because otherwise, like it's just, it's actually a bit horrifying that all of these people have spent writing all of these things and and producing and acting and showing them all so much love, and five of them just get kicked to the curb. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. yeah I have no idea whether whether it would have worked or not. Yeah, I'm very keen to know. Obviously, like we we covered the change in the vampires, but what was your thoughts when you first heard about the cast change the main cast changes I it was kind of an interesting one for me because I um write it down I did a couple of set visits um kind of off the back of the petition because everyone's lovely I'm so jealous right now um but <laughs> I also because I used to freelance quite a lot for SFX magazine so I came one of their unofficial being human wow yeah, yeah. And, and you know so that was kind of cool but so I actually got down to the set and I got to be, I am a background, this is my background vampire 
in episodes five and six of season one. So when Herrick is calling everyone to arms and Mitchell's looking really grumpy in the corner and there are all these vampires looking like like they're watching the tennis, like (laughs) watching the other, I'm in the back of one of those shots. So I got to spend like a happy half afternoon like watching everyone in Bristol and and going around the house and stuff. Um, So when I went to do that, I got to interview everyone. Um, and I got to meet everyone, and so I kind of got to meet the actors before I got to see them on screen. Okay. So they were lovely to meet, and obviously I kind of I saw that that scene, and I saw you know, I, I, so basically we had um, it was mainly Herrick and Mitchell um, in in the funeral parlour. So I kind of got a little insight into what they were like, but nothing else about them until I saw it air. So it was kind of a weird one because you could tell everyone was really good at what they were doing but it, it was interesting going into it because I really wasn't sure how it was all going to to kind of pull together if you know what mm. I mean um, so I was intrigued I don't think I was concerned necessarily but I was definitely intrigued at the change I tell you what this is this is you're going to rescind my like <laughs> super fan thing my thing that I will hold up as being the one concern I had about anything to do with being human, um, that I really should not have had any concerns about at all, and is my big I was wrong and little did I know Pat moment, was on season two I got to go to Honolulu Heights and interview everyone, have a little look around, and I got to interview Robson Green, and I knew Michael Saucer, and you know, I thought he was gonna be amazing, really excited about all of that, no problems at all. And I sat in a room with Robson Green and I just thought, what? No, not not him with the albums and the, mm-hmm. you know, like the complete cheese fest. And I interviewed him and I came away going, oh, he was a lovely, like he was, he was such a lovely man and really interesting. And I was like, he's a lovely man, but you know, Robson Green, like, this is gonna be terrible. And he was absolutely like one of my favorite things in, in the kind of latter series of being human, I thought, in terms of completely circumventing all of your expectations of everything, he was just glorious. Yeah, it seemed, um, it seemed like a weird fit, didn't it? Really weird, yeah. but like, you know, everything else, like I could see, like, when I went and met Aidan Turner, it was like, okay, I can see why they've done this, even, even over and above, like, any kind of practicalities of, um, you know, who was available for casting and all of that kind of thing. At the end of the day, like, you know, you have cast, like, this epically hot heartthrob type person. Like, you know, this is going to be a very good thing for your show. He's clearly a very talented actor. Like, I got, completely got that. Robson Green, I was just a bit more like, yeah, I'm not seeing what this is about. But, you know, it was just amazing, really. Series one, when it finally came out, did it live up to your hopes? Yeah, it did. It really, yeah. really did. Like, it's that thing. I feel um, I'm definitely due a rewatch, I think, now. Because um, we, we rewatched it over um, lockdown. We rewatched it then, and I fell in love with it. But I think the whole podcast thing, I need to, to rewatch it again now. Did you stick with it for all five series? Yes. Yeah. The only. There was a point where I. I kind of was out of the country for a while, so I missed a bit and had to kind of binge watch to catch up. But otherwise, yes, I did. Yeah, I think... Um... What I loved about it was I think 
for all the people that were concerned at the change where like, you know we lost all of the the first three and ended up with all of our second three I, what I loved about it was both sets of cast I think were phenomenal and although it was a different show I loved both of them with kind of shows where you end up with a lot of the ensemble changing you you can sometimes feel it it's a bit kind of fluffy or it goes a bit like the Muppet Babies or something like do you know what I mean like it's it's not quite as good as the original hmm. whereas I think tonally being human really kept its game up right the way through and it's a hard one isn't it like because it's it's kind of the nature of the geek I think sometimes and I'm saying that as someone who considers myself a geek I'm not casting any aspersions on you <laughs> I feel like there is there's almost thing with like having that sense of ownership of shows that you really love and yeah. that you really identify with and that you are part of a community around like that ownership is a very positive thing in lots of ways but sometimes it can add kind of extra pressure for I mean it must be awful for the creators if you're looking at places where you're kind of thinking oh no what if I'm gonna piss off all the hardcore fans like hmm. it is quite hard I guess because being human was short series, it didn't work in that way. But I remember watching Heroes around the same time, and you could kind of see in Heroes there was almost a point where they'd be like screening episodes to fans and going, "Oh no, they don't like this, so we're going to change it and make this character a bit different." And and so it kind of lurched from change to change. Whereas I feel like because being human had such a quite a strong sense of its own mythology tone and characterization like it was great that everybody loved it but it, it wasn't necessarily something that was going to shift that way anyway no i think a lot of people's problems as well as the cast change maybe was certainly in series one to three were more set in realism i.e they are pretty much mingling with other human beings generally they're working with other human beings they're dining with other human beings and it's the undercurrent of the supernatural that pins pins through those series. Where it goes to series four, it becomes much more supernatural, much more sci-fi. I would say it becomes more. Their interaction is much more with other supernaturals than humans. Was, see, I found that really interesting. I think for me that didn't bother me so much because yeah. that's kind of my. That's the kind of TV that I love to watch anyway. But I'm intrigued. So was that a? Did you find that a problem or a challenge watching it? I wouldn't say I found it a challenge. I think I just found I, it was a noticeable difference. But then I think Toby has always said you've got to raise the stakes. It couldn't stay at the level it was at Series 1. I know everyone, a lot of people say Series 1 is the best and there's a, there's a certain cosiness to it. But the show can't evolve if it stays at that. Yeah, so, yeah that's true. But I think as well, like, it's kind of genre shows generally often it's it's quite interesting to see how they will they will kind of it is about upping the stakes and upping the ante but i think as well you see it a lot with um i'm trying to think of some good examples things like actually kingsman is probably if you've ever seen the kingsman mm. films i think there's very much a sense of you start with things being largely normal with like maybe the odd gadget thrown in that's a bit kind of different and then you just keep upping the ante until yeah. you know everything's batshit basically yeah. um and it's it's kind of stuff like that or if you ever saw the kick-ass films yeah i think they were a really good example of that particularly the difference between the first one and the sequel 
the first kick-ass film is really interesting because it starts completely normal and by the end as, an, as someone watching it in the audience some of the stuff that you're watching you're like yeah okay fine like somehow this feels acceptable now whereas an hour minutes ago like i would not have been standing for this yeah um and then of course they come back for the sequel and it i think they raise the stakes at the beginning of the like the, the start of the sequel is even more leapy than the end of the previous film and then it just goes you know even more mad from there and I think there's definitely, it's very much a genre thing sometimes that it can go that way. But it's really interesting hearing your read on that because that's that's not something that had ever really, I'd ever really kind of taken into consideration, I guess, because that's the kind of stuff that I watch anyway. Yeah, I get, like I, like I mentioned in the first episode, it, it, supernatural and sci-fi generally isn't my thing. I mean, I've been, I'm into it much more now than I used to be. But at that time, when I first watched Being Human, I guess I was drawn more to the human side, but then it came just more of a supernatural and sci-fi world, which was fine for me because it was an evolution and that's kind of, yeah. it was a kind of a way in. It's really interesting though, because for me it was almost the other way and that I was watching all of the, the kind of geeky sci-fi fantasy stuff already. And what I liked was it was like, well, hold on, this is like geeky sci-fi fantasy stuff but we're also arguing about whose turn it is to make the tea and it's set in Bristol. Yeah. And like, for me, that was what I loved was that it, it was always like the complete opposite of where you were at with it. It's mm. really interesting. Do you think the show finished at the right time? I, I was very sad when it ended, but maybe it did because I feel like, I, I feel like I, I love. I have loved too many shows that, in hindsight, have gone on too long. Yes. Yeah. And and it's always that thing. Like lockdown is a good one for it because we did a lot of rewatching of stuff in lockdown, like everyone did, I think. Because you know, apart from walking around the park for an hour a day, there was nothing else to do really. Um, and the amount of shows that we would rewatch, like The West Wing, was a good one. The first three seasons of The West Wing, and then it was like. Yeah, okay, that's that's we we don't need to rewatch any more of that. And there are so many shows that when you look back on them, even if they actually had like a, a glorious end, you've probably got a season or a season and a half in the middle that's a bit flabby that actually isn't that good or you know has a big bad that isn't that big or that bad or that interesting. Hmm. And what I love about being human is I think it is a show that stands up. I think it's a show that you could go and start watching now and still be as blown away by it, even if you don't know who the real hustle is. You know, there's an up in there yeah. that, that still stood true. Um, and I think on that basis, it's kind of perfect where it's at. I... Although, part of me is like, would it kill you to have had a few more DVD extras or, you know, let's revisit it in another way? Like, we could do a little web series or something, right? Like, there yeah. are things. I've got friends who love the show, American show Supernatural. And I've given it a try and I've given it a try. But my main problem is there's so many episodes and there's so many series. You don't want something of such quality to then just be, oh, that's on tonight. Yeah. And it gets a bit samey. I call it the filler episode problem. Yeah. And I think American series have it a lot more than we do because we tend to have shorter seasons anyway. But the number of like 22 episode shows where you're like, okay, well, there's like four episodes here that we just didn't need at all. Yeah. And it's, it infuriates me. It's one of my big TV bugbears along with the, because people, I never got into Supernatural, interestingly either, mm. despite loving Buffy, which, you know, the, 
the kind of general theory is if you love Buffy, then you should definitely watch Supernatural, but it just didn't ever really appeal to me. Yeah. Um, but I have, like, friends who are all about The Expanse, and who <laughs> keep telling me, like, because I love a good spaceship show, and, and I feel like we're, we're due a good spaceship show. It's, it's been a long time since I've seen one that I've really enjoyed. Um, and everyone's like, oh, you should definitely watch The Expanse, it's really good. And I've tried, and I've tried, and I've tried, and I just don't get it, and it's just not for me. But several people I know have gone, well, if you just give it the first season and a half, like, oh, no. by, by about midway through season two, it really kicks in, like it's really, and I'm just like, no, I don't have time to invest in something that isn't very good. Whereas I think the thing about being human is it hit the ground running straight away, and was a, you know, really good quality all the way through there are episodes like with everyone there are episodes that you love more or that you identify with more or that chime more with you or there are episodes where you're like Ugh, you know that's that's pretty good going i think that leads me on to what is your favorite firstly favorite series and what's your favorite episode mm. i've literally just thought of the question so don't, don't worry but okay. it's pressure right. It is. It really is pressure. And, and But the problem is, I feel like both of my answers are going to be related to the OG cast. And that makes me sad because it's no reflection of like the next generation cast, if you know what I mean. Hmm. But for me, the first season, powerfully written, powerfully performed by all the actors, it led... It, the building of the plot worked really nicely. It didn't have any kind of duff episodes or filler episodes or anything like that no. so i was all in for that but my favorite episode now you're gonna have to tell me what the episode number is because i'm like oh, <laughs> but it's basically all basically the two of them and That's the longest day yes thank yeah. you yeah that yeah I maintain is probably one of the best 45 minutes of British TV written in the last 20 years. And I'm going to, I'm just going to put it out there. I, I totally agree with you. That's pretty, that's up there with me because I mean, that, especially that last 15 minutes. Oh, it's just yeah. terrifying and also moving and infuriating and just, yeah, it's just genius really. Yeah. That's a really good choice. Um, so as you are, the master of petitions if there was a if there was a chance and this is a very long shot of bringing being human back now with a new cast because it can't really come I mean it's been nine years but with obviously toby and generally the team with it would would you reckon it would be worth it i i think there is the kernel of being human is pretty timeless in that you look at the tropes of what you know what our werewolf is and what our vampire is and and what our ghost is and the part of the joy of it is that you know the they are very much issues around you know issues around addiction issues around whether you feel important in the world like they're as important now as they were i'm sure they remake it or do something different or interesting with it and I'd be very happy to see them try. Um, but at the same time, I'm also like, I think Toby, okay, again, this is this is one of Nazi's controversial statements. <laughs> I think there is a parallel universe in which Toby Whithouse was the showrunner for Doctor Who, and it was a glorious, glorious universe in yeah. which I would happily like to exist. Yeah. So part of me is like, 
yes, would I like a different being human or a reboot or a remake or, or something? Yes, absolutely, I would. But do you know what? I'd like Toby to be showrunner on Doctor Who, please. Yeah, I've, want, I've wanted that in the past as well, definitely. Actually, interestingly, I was looking at this earlier. In 2013, someone literally submitted a petition to the UK government and parliament, and it said, this was what, March 2013, Save Being Human. Being Human is a TV show about a vampire, werewolf and ghost on BBC3. It has recently ended due to it being cut. They had no good reason to cut this amazing show. The show had good ratings and strong storylines and an excellent cast. The show has once before been saved by a fan petition. Please, let's do it again. And it says at the bottom, this petition was rejected. Why was this petition rejected? It's, it's about something the UK government or parliament is not directly responsible for. <laughs> so there's, 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 there's one thing online but going to the government imagine them debating that in the house of, the house of commons honestly you can just imagine nadine doris being like what what's i play i've got a question for you Go on. Yeah, yeah. where do you stand on the american version have you watched it what do you think of it i've watched we're gonna do an episode at some stage on it i watched it about five six years ago i watched series one i haven't gone beyond series one but i think with a lot of american remakes is it needed if we need a remake, could you just not watch the real thing? Yeah. 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 And like, I know Americans who love the British version of being well, human. Funnily enough, I went to San Diego Comic Con, basically the year of the British invasion, which was <laughs> the being human cast yeah. and Toby, and then David Tennant and all the Doctor Who lot. And yeah, the Americans were all over it. Like, they absolutely loved it. It was, it was actually really lovely. So have you seen the American version? I have to admit, I've watched like the first three or four and I just couldn't get into it. I found it really jarring. I think because there are some bits where you literally have the same dialogue or the same setups and the same scenes. And then there are other bits that, that are so different. And then you kind of as a viewer, I mean, maybe it's different if you're just watching it as an ordinary punter, if you like. Yeah. But I guess at the point where you, you love something as much as we love it, I was. I literally found myself kind of going, "Well, okay, but you, you left that line in, which is a great line. Why did you cut the other line? And what are you doing here? And why have you done that?" And it just became so jarring that I didn't. I didn't really get into it, which is a shame because Sam Witwer, who um, was in Battlestar Galactica and was amazing, and I've met him and interviewed him for a couple of things, not anything to do with being human, and he's just a thoroughly lovely man. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it just didn't chime with me. Maybe I need to give it a try again, but I'm going to do my British rewatch first. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's interesting that people relate to it in different ways and people identify with different elements of it or things really chime with them that might not really chime with me or chime with you. And yet it is almost really, it's almost like looking at different sides of the same mountain. Like it's really interesting to see it that way yeah. because fundamentally at the end of it, like we all love it, but we all love it for slightly different reasons and in slightly different ways. Yeah. Well, obviously there is like the power of Russell Toby's bottom. <laughs> or, or Mitchell's chest, let's be honest. And, and Annie's hair, if we go with hair, her fragrant hair. Uh, excellent, I've really enjoyed that. Thank you so much for coming on. That's amazing, I love that. That was amazing. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's been really fun. It's, it's that yeah. thing. It's just such a lovely, really random thing to talk about. Um, and, yeah, it was lovely to see you pop up in my Twitter feed. And if you ever need anything... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're the person in the know. <laughs> <laughs> I literally have no power of anything. But, you know, if you ever want 
And that concludes episode four. Many thanks, Narin, for her time. It is very much appreciated. Coming up next on the podcast, August Full Moon, we have both episodes 1.3 and 1.4 of series one. That's Ghost Town and Another Fine Mess. And you can contact us at boxtunnelpod at gmail.com if you would like to be a guest on the show and talk about an episode. We are on Twitter at the Box Tunnel Survivors Group. Facebook, the Box Tunnel Survivors Group, and of course, Instagram the same way. Until then, why don't you just nom off? Was the Box Tunnel Podcast and thanks.